Pleasure to have on the podcast today, absolute legend himself, Craig Ballantyne, who is an author, a business leader, and mentor to thousands around the world. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, Craig. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun, Charlie. Thank you so much. Um, so Craig, I've known and followed for a long time, is someone I have a huge amount of respect for, and his honesty in terms of talking about his own story and how it uh, led him to writing the books he's read, the uh, read, wrote, written, um, terrible English, uh, the perfect week formula, the perfect day formula, are truly inspiring. That's what we're going to talk through today to give you guys some uh, value and uh, a bit more structure into your lives, which I think a lot of people now need, in particular with what's going on with a lot of uncertainty. Um, so I'll pass it over to you, Craig, and go a little bit through about uh, the books you've created and your approach to the perfect day and the perfect week. Yeah, and just to pick up with what you said, you know, when we have uncertainty, what we really need to do is get some control back and that gives us a little bit more certainty and helps us overcome the anxiety, the overwhelm, the stress. And one of the places that we can always start getting more control is that morning and some of our routines, like the nighttime routine that allows us to get to bed on time so that we can wake up on time. Because what caused me to write the books was my own struggle with anxiety years and years ago. And I realized I was getting up too late. I was doing activities that didn't serve me. And when you get behind, you start to get more stress and anxiety. And so I wanted to fix them. So I fixed it for myself. Then a lot of people came to me and said, Craig, how do you get all this stuff done? And so I was able to start teaching them. And, you know, that, uh, that was years and years ago. And today I've been able to help quite a few people take back control of their lives. I think what's incredibly, I obviously know the story of this, is how you came about to having, you had a bit of a breakdown, an episode with anxiety, which I think would be something very interesting for the listeners to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. So I was in the best shape of my life at the time. I had uh, so much stuff going for me in my business. I was about 30 years old. And the thing is that I had so much success going on in the business that I was able to quit my job and kind of be my own boss. And that led to what I call the paradox of freedom. It allowed me to work all these hours. I didn't have any cutoffs or boundaries. And then I was able to go out and party all the time. And that kind of got me in trouble there too. So the paradox of freedom actually led to uh, a lot of chaos. And there's an author named Paolo Coelho who says it much more eloquently than I do. He says, discipline and freedom are not mutually, not mutually exclusive, but mutually dependent because without discipline, we sink into chaos. And that's exactly what happened to me. And then I realized I need more structure in my life because structure brings true freedom. When you have the cutoffs and the boundaries around when you're going to stop work, that allows you to be free and truly present for your spouse, your partner, your children, your hobbies, your health, all of those things. And it was, it's that separation that is very difficult to come by today that I teach so many people and they're able to compress their work hours in, you know, from 55 to 35, you know, helped a, a good friend of ours, Frank Van Blanken from Holland do the same sort of thing and, and realize, oh, this is what's important and I can either stop doing certain things or offload certain things, or here's how I can correct my bad habits that suck away my time or, you know, cause me to eat poorly and therefore have low energy. So all of these things can be taken back control of so that you actually can get more success and less stress from, and oftentimes from less effort. And this is something I personally uh, found a challenge as uh, similar to yourself. I, I left a full-time job to go and work for myself and then suddenly you've got a life of no limits you can work 24 7 and there are no boundaries and then yeah. you end up pushing the boundaries because you just think you don't know when to stop and with business and with everything there's 
you can just keep going 24 seven till you start to hit burnout. So something I've adopted from you very much is that like having more structure and clear barriers in my day of at a certain time, there's no more working. You work as hard as you can up until that point and then close the chapter and the new, new chapter starts tomorrow, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The cutoff times are so important. And then one thing that a lot of people miss out on that can really, really make a big difference is the planning of the next day. So too many people are waking up and trying to figure out what they should do in the morning, whether it's their, what they're going to do for their workout routine or what they're going to eat that day or what they're going to do in their work and in their business. And that all needs to be decided in advance, much like you know, if you go to a, a show in London or you go to a show on Broadway or you watch a movie or you watch a, any sporting match, these professionals have planned things out. They are all scripted. And there's no reason why we can't script our days. Again, that structure in the day, and it might sound like, oh, I don't want this discipline structure. No, we do want it so that we can actually have more free time. Because if you kind of do things by the seat of your pants, as they say here in North America, you often end up wasting a lot of time that's very inefficient. So we want to be scripted and stick to that script and you'll have more of that freedom. I think what was interesting there, what you said was stick to, sticking to the script. And it's the same as like, I can give a client the greatest diet and training program in the world. But if you don't adhere to it, then it's pointless. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, you know, I, I like to give fitness models a, a little bit of a hard time because I'll, I'll say to, to most people in, in a fitness room, I'll say, listen, you know, fitness models are not brain surgeons. They're not the, they're often not the smartest people in the room. All they simply do is they, they will follow the coach's routine to the letter. And then there are some people who are, you know, too smart for their own good in some cases. And they'll be like, Oh, well, this is the diet I got from my coach, but you know, I've been doing a bit of reading, so I'm going to make it better, uh, you know, by tweaking it a little bit. And then they end up in trouble because again, they're too smart for their own good. They tried to tweak things. And success in life, there's almost always a formula, a blueprint for it, whether it's a fitness competition or whether it's climbing Mount Everest. I mean, the people that climb Mount Everest don't make up their own route. I mean, no, you just go the same way. You use the same Sherpas. You do the same sort of training. And that's how you'll have your best shot at climbing Mount Everest. The same with fitness, the same with business. It's not about reinventing the wheel and trying to be smarter than anybody else. It's about taking action and following the blueprint better than anybody else. It's executing the plan. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say that's the biggest downfall you, you see with people um, in business and in fitness? Is for example, people they, can, they people love gathering information, but it's not information. It's about implementation of the information. Is the key. Th that is huge. That's a huge problem. That. Um, you know, you've read one diet plan, but oh, you know, another one's come out or I see this influencer and they're doing this, but this other influencer does this. And I remember when I was in the fitness space, as I was for a long time before I moved to what I do now and coaching entrepreneurs and helping people with the productivity. But when I was in the fitness space, people would always say, why can't you fitness experts agree on, you know, the one best approach? And the thing is, there's no one best approach. I mean, as we see, with all the uncertainty going on right now, you have people at the exact opposite ends of the spectrum, experts even, and even when it comes to schooling. I mean, there's no, there's no consensus on the best way to homeschool a child. There's no consensus on the best way to teach somebody to read. So, so the, you can't expect that in fitness. You can't expect that in business. So what you need to do is you need to be decisive and just say, okay, Charlie is the person I'm going to follow. 
Charlie's got great results. He's got all the social proof in the world. You know, all, all these people that he's helped. The program, is, I'm just going to stick to it for the next eight weeks or 12 weeks. And I'm not going to let any outside voices in my head. And it's that commitment to the blueprint that gets you there. That's, that's the key. It's um, almost like a blinkered approach. And that's one of the things I took a lot from the way you set out almost structuring your day as well as having almost like a blinkered approach to your work because by having certain windows of the day where you're not purposely not getting distracted, you can then be superbly productive and probably get four hours worked on an hour and a half because you're not constantly getting distracted with uh, messages and emails and disruptions. Yeah, and I would say that there is a huge overlap between you know, someone being successful at getting stuff done, whether they are a, you know, a team member of a company or whether they run the company or whether they're a solo coach or whatever it is, and somebody uh, doing well with their diet. And that overlap is not necessarily, I mean, obviously we want to follow the blueprint, as I mentioned before, but oftentimes the distractions and the diet temptations can cause more damage than being good can you know cause uh, success so for example if somebody follows your program five days a week and then goes totally off the rails for two full days on the weekend well that damage that's done can't be overcome by five good days and it's the same with the distractions when we're working you know you can have this plan built out but if you keep your social media notifications on and you let all the emails come in and if the phone rings you pick it up and you get distracted, and so you never get more than 15 minutes of quality time on a big project, it's just death by a thousand cuts, and it's just going to bleed you dry of your productivity and success. So that's why it's about you know getting to work first thing in the morning when you have the greatest discipline and willpower, and turning off all the distractions, and avoiding the negatives and the, and the bad things and the bombs, I guess you would say, whether they're diet bombs for your fat loss or whether they're distraction bombs for your productivity avoiding those things man that that almost makes you automatically successful 100 and that's what it's about is setting yourself up with a structure for success and then just rinsing and repeating that because once you've almost got the formula you you've got it set up for life and one of the things that you uh mentioned earlier which i've got a habit of now which i find uh hugely helpful is that before I go to bed, I write in my notes on my phone, like the four or five things I need to do the first thing tomorrow. So yeah. like once I've done those, tomorrow's a success, regardless of what else I do. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, uh, I use this little phrase, you want a, a GSD on your MIT ASAP. So first of all, you need to know what your MIT is, your most important task. And of course you'll have one and then two and then three. And then you need to get stuff done on your most important task as soon as possible. And it sets you up with momentum and motivation for the rest of the day. Uh, you don't end the day in activity with no accomplishment. Like, oh, I did a lot of stuff today, but I didn't actually get anything done on my most important tasks. I, I really feel bad for people that send that in an email to me because they didn't focus, they didn't prioritize, and they didn't get that done. And again, the, the longer the day goes on, the more chaos comes into it. You know, your kids might get sick. Um, somebody else is going to bring you like, Hey, I need help with this. But earlier in the day, it doesn't necessarily be, mean being up super, super early, but earlier in the day, you have the greatest chance of getting the hardest work done. And so that's why we, we set it up and we want people to have that morning routine momentum that keeps them going.
it's uh, one of those things when you listen to something in the penny drops. I heard Alex Ramosi say that uh, the most people think the most valuable thing you have is your time, but it's not your time, it's your attention. And the problem yeah. is you're constantly getting distracted during the middle of the day, and particularly if you're very busy, people are hounding you respectively want a piece of your time, uh, as I did for this podcast now, so apologies, Greg. But it's um, one of those things you need to keep your attention focused on complex tasks, otherwise you'll never get completed. So to come into that in a bit more of like a concise way to give uh, the listeners something to take away, how do you find the optimal way for maybe you, you as an example to set up your day or for your clients? Yeah, so what I would, well, first of all, the day starts the day before. And so it's that planning and preparation. <clears throat> and one common problem that I'm seeing a lot of people who have my courses and books and programs is like, yeah, Craig, I understand the value of, you know, planning and preparing for the next day, but I forget to do it or I'm too tired to do it or, you know, it just gets crazy busy and it gets put off to the side. So I encourage people to, you know, even as, as early as 12 o'clock on, you know, at lunchtime, just to plan tomorrow. Like preferably you do it at three or four or five o'clock or even seven o'clock at night, um, but either before or after dinner, but, but not too close to bed. And you just make sure that you planned, okay, here's exactly what I need to do in the first hour and a half tomorrow. And then you've kind of scripted out the rest of your day in 90 minute blocks. And then when you wake up the next morning, you know exactly what to go to as soon as you either get to an office or as soon as you start working in your home office or whatever it is that you're doing and you get to that important task. And one little secret that a lot of people skip over, like there's people that are doing well that get those things. But if you can do a little bit of preparation the night before, it makes it a whole lot easier in the morning. And this is analogous to when somebody wants to start an exercise program if they've been inconsistent or never really been an exerciser over the years, getting up and exercising first thing in the morning can be difficult, you know, to get out of the warm bed and into, uh, you know, to get up in the cold and, and to know what to do. So they need to plan their workout, you know, they have it written out or they have their app loaded or whatever it is. They need to have their exercise clothes right beside the bed. And as Mary Poppins says, you know, half begun is half done. You know, half, you basically all you have to do is roll out of bed, put your clothes on and, and away you go. And it's the same with our work that if, if I, if someone maybe is writing a fitness book and they're, they're listening to this and they go, Oh, you know, I really want to write my fitness book first thing in the morning, but then they wake up and they go to their computer and then they open it up and there's a blank word document there and they just look at it and they're kind of like, Oh, I don't know what to write. But if they do a few bullet points the night before, like, okay, chapter one's going to be, you know, my philosophies on nutrition, exercise, core training, cardio and mindset. And I'm just going to write 300 words on each one of those tomorrow morning. Well, that's a whole lot easier than saying tomorrow I write chapter one and you sit down and you go, uh, I don't know what to write. So just a little bit of that process planning makes the path go smoother. And so when we have that in place, that's when you get that win in the morning and then take a little break after the 90 minutes, maybe have breakfast, maybe you get your kids ready, uh, all that sort of stuff. You get them all settled. Then you go back for another 90 minute block of work is very helpful. And then I tend to exercise around lunchtime. I prefer that people push their exercise to lunchtime if they can. Uh, if there's no other time to do it than first thing in the morning, great. But if you can do your exercise around lunchtime because you've gotten a bunch of productivity done and then it energizes you for the afternoon. And then what I do in the afternoon is I take two rounds of calls um, in 90 minute blocks 
because I'd rather do that in the afternoon. Uh, but, you know, whatever works for somebody in their business and or in their occupation, obviously certain people have to, you know, who have, um, you know, work for somebody have to obey to the company schedule a little bit more. But design your life as much as possible to match your energies with the activity that needs to be done. So something I think uh, something you said then that was very interesting was 90 minute blocks. So that's something I say to my clients a lot because obviously a lot of them are working at home at the moment. I'm saying to them, look, every like I don't care who you are, you cannot consciously focus like intensely for more than 90 minutes. So every 90 minutes, get up from your desk, go for a walk, get a drink, do something to move around for five, 10 minutes. Because in my opinion, I don't know if you agree, but I don't think people can concentrate intensely for much more than that. No, I don't think so either. I agree with you there. And, and, you know, some people might only do the, you know, the Pomodoro technique is very popular, 50 minutes on and 10 off. Some people do 25 minutes on and five off really at the end of the day, like almost anything else, it's a self-reflection and introspection that helps you identify what am I good at? You know, where am I most productive? And I call this finding your magic time. So I teach people to do a little thing called a time journal where they'll sit down and just write down what they're doing over the course of the day for 20 or 30 minutes and what they're feeling at that same time. So there's a little bit of cause and effect. And you might find at 11 o'clock in the morning that, you know, you're scrolling through Facebook and all the other ones because you're bored. Okay, well, we need to circumvent that problem. Maybe we go for a five minute walk or maybe we go have a, a coffee or something. But then we also find the time of day when you're three times more productive, creative, and energetic. And I call that your magic time. That might be at eight in the morning. It might be two in the afternoon. For some people, it might be seven o'clock at night. And you identify that time, and then you do your best to do uh, important work inside that magic time. And it might not be you know, possible five days a week, but even if you can do it two or three days per week, you'll start to see really big improvements in your productivity and you'll be able to go, wow, I was able to actually get all my work done today in fewer hours because I matched it to my energy and to my mindset and focus. And as you mentioned before, the attention. 100%. I think finding that magic time is so critical because, and everyone's is different, as you said. So I tried before to obviously Frank is a good friend of ours and uh, I was trying to match him with getting up at five o'clock every day. And the difference for me getting up at five and getting up at six is like night and day. If I get up at five, I feel crap the rest of the day. If I get up at six, I feel completely fine. So for me, yeah, I have, I have this phrase, Charlie, it's not about the hour that you get up. It's about what you do with the hours that you are up. And over in America here, you know, people are really gung ho on this 5am club and, and anybody who can't fit into the 5am club, they kind of beat themselves up and they go, Oh, I must be a loser that I can't get up at 5am. And that's, that's the furthest thing from the truth. It's not about the hour that you get up. Getting up at 5 a.m. is neither necessary nor sufficient for success. There's plenty of people who are successful to get up later. There's plenty of uh, people that get up at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning who are successful. And just because you get up at 5 in the morning doesn't guarantee anything. I mean, you can waste time as well at 5 in the morning as you can at 3 in the afternoon. So don't be too hung up on that. Just do what Charlie did here. and find what's right for you. That's one of the most important things in life in general is find what is right for your right life. 100%. So we talked a little bit obviously about your perfect day formula. Now if we move on to the perfect week formula, which is another book you have, which is phenomenal. How yeah. would you look in terms of structuring your week out personally for yourself and maybe some, some of your clients and mentees? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And so I wrote the perfect week formula after the perfect day formula because people had a lot of questions. So, you know, obviously not every day looks the same. And that's a big message that I want people to understand. Not every day has to look the same. So we may have grown up where our parents were nine to five, Monday through Friday in most traditional jobs, but that's changed so much today. And so you might work 10 hours on a Monday so that you can work two hours on a Friday. And again, this comes from that self-reflection and introspection. But for the, we wrote it generally for entrepreneurs and we use the phrase, build your business around your life and not your life around your business. So the first thing that I actually teach people to do is to put the important life stuff on their weekly calendar. And that might mean family time. It might mean date night. It might mean their workouts. It might mean, you know, trips to grandma's house for dinner when we're allowed to go over there um, and travel and all of those things, because those are the items that we really want to do more of and that get pushed off the calendar when we take the opposite approach of, uh, I just got to put all this work stuff on first and then I'm going to try and find time for family or for date night. Well, you don't find time for anything. You only make time for what matters. And so I encourage everybody, entrepreneur or not, to spend a little bit of time on a Sunday morning reflecting back on the week and thinking, okay, what worked and what didn't? And I'm going to do more of what worked and I'm going to do less of what didn't work as I plan out this week ahead. And then you start looking to the week ahead. And, you know, fortunately for myself, I have a very generic schedule, Monday through Thursday. Um, well, Monday's mostly all meetings with my team, but Monday morning still has that 90 minute block. And then it's calls for the rest of the day. Then on Tuesday through Thursday, it's all uh, the deep work type stuff in the morning, the 90 minute block, rest, 90 minute block, gym, calls in the afternoon three days in a row, Tuesday through Thursday. And then on Friday, I actually take off all calls except for, you know, made an exception here to jump on a podcast with you, but it's mostly a thinking day. It's away from electronics, that sort of stuff, and really thinking about the, the business. So my days, my weeks all look like that. I've got a generic template. And then on the Sunday morning, I'll fill in the specifics of who I'm talking to and so on. So if you're, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm working from home right now and generally need to be available between 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, still, you want to block off a little bit of work early in the morning so to get ahead, uh, then get into the chaos of the work. You want to plan your workouts so that you are able to not skip them at all. You want to make sure that you planned in your meal prep, whether that's a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. You want to plan your date night. You want to plan uh, any recovery like massage or anything that goes on that calendar. Then you want to plan any of your family time, you know, making sure to block that off. And I encourage people also to block device-free time on a Sunday where they have no connection to their phones or laptops for a few hours just to take back control of their mindset. And the last thing I'll say on this is just make sure that you do your planning on a Sunday morning. And this is a great tip I got from a guy named Robin Sharma. And Robin Sharma said, do your planning on a Sunday morning in a beautiful planning session. Because if people do plan their weeks, they tend to wait till Sunday evening and it's rushed. But he wants you to be relaxed and reflective. And again, looking back on what didn't work last week, we're going to fix that. And looking back on what did and do more of it. And then you're just going to, like anytime you can feel ahead of something, anytime you can be proactive, you're going to feel less stress, 
But anytime you're reactive and planning last minute or figuring things out on the fly, you're going to have a higher level of stress. And so that's what this is about is getting ahead, getting ahead and scripting out what success looks like to you. So I think it's some very solid advice there. And in terms of your weekends, do you structure those, Craig? Or do you block out, as you said, downtime? They, they are kind of sort of structured in that I do work for 90 minutes on a Saturday morning. And then Saturday is my fully off day. Uh, so whether it's a trip up to, we're going to the ski hill at Whistler this weekend, or Jones. whether it's, um, you know, just a, a fun trip around Vancouver where I live, doing stuff like that. And then on Sunday, I start to get client check-ins and I just love to spend Sunday morning reading some of my top client check-ins. And then generally Sunday afternoons, pretty low key as well. Uh, so that's, that's how it is when, especially during uh, these times when we're kind of restricted in our movement. Um, but I do like to do a little bit of work on the, in those morning sessions. I don't like to get away from it too much. And I generally stick to my bedtime and, and wake up time on the, on the weekends as well. My girlfriend is, I'm, I'm fortunate. I was blessed to find a girl who liked to go to bed early too. So we aren't too off on our calendars and schedules. Um, question for you, because I think it'd probably be a similar answer to myself. Do you do a little bit of work on the weekends, for example, because you find that helps control anxiety of worrying about what's going on or? Um, well, yes, I also really, really love to write. And so because I sit behind a computer, people, you know, I, I can get a hard time from like when I visit my mom, you know, it's like I'm behind a computer on a Saturday morning, which isn't normal, but it's, it would be like if somebody stopped me from writing, it would be like saying to Picasso, oh, you're not allowed to paint on the weekends. Because for me, writing is an expression of art. It just happens to be behind a computer, which makes it look like you're just answering email. So I'm a little bit uh, cursed that way, but I just, I just love to write. I've tried to stop writing. I've tried to stop writing business articles and I can't because I just have this information that I want to share with the world and it gives me great pleasure. So it yeah, it would cause me anxiety if, if, I, if I was stopped, you know, prevented from writing. It'd be like saying Stephen King, like you're not allowed to write any more books. Like that, that wouldn't be right. And so that's the reason why I do that. Although um, I, I actually, I have my assistant clean up my email before Monday morning. So, you know, Monday morning, a lot of people can go back to their computers and it can be very hectic with all the emails in there. So there's a couple of tricks. One, I'm fortunate enough that I have an assistant that I've trained, I trust, um, and she can go in and arrange uh, all my emails into the particular folder. So when I go in, there's not a lot. Now, if you don't have that option, there is something called Inbox Later. And I think there's other tools that stop the emails from actually showing up in your inbox until a certain time. So if you, if you would like to open up your computer and do a little bit of work and send out a couple of emails at eight o'clock on a Monday morning, but you don't want to go in there and see 53 emails sitting there, you can actually set up inbox later so the emails wouldn't show up until 845 and you'd have that 45 minute block of, you know, being able to send a couple emails out. So there, there's pretty much a hack for everything. And that would be one way that if I was a corporate employee, I'd, I'd try and get permission around that to see if it was possible to keep my email load down. So I don't have that anxiety on a Monday morning, but those are the things that I do. And in, in answer to your question, they are to reduce anxiety just in a little bit different way. That inbox later is genius. Cause that's one of my things that I find is my, 
biggest tip for first thing in the morning when I want to get into work is I don't check my messages, don't open email because I'll see something and my attention's completely gone or my mood could get thrown by something. So that inbox later is genius. Yeah, and and once in a while, uh, especially if I do a call that goes right till five o'clock, which is when I tend to shut down. Sometimes I forget to close my email when I shut my computer down and I'll, I'll wake up the next morning and, and you know, when I'm ready to start work, I'll open it up and it'll be open to my email and I'll see the emails and I will get sucked into it. That, that happens like once a month. Um, so the inbox later could certainly help me as well, but usually I'm, I'm pretty good and I just stay out of it. And that was actually, you go all the way back to when we talked about those anxiety attacks, Charlie. So when I, when I had my really worst year, I was getting up at 7.30 in the morning and I was immediately rolling over and checking email in bed. And, and I mean, I couldn't imagine uh, anything worse than for somebody anxiety-wise in the morning than to get up at a time that feels later to their natural wake-up. Like I'm naturally, like I got to get up before 6 a.m. Just because I want to do everything in the morning you know, everything. I want to work out. I want to work. I want to go for a dog walk. I want to have a coffee break. I want to do all these things. And you can't do that. If you wake up at seven thirty or eight o'clock, you're going to be too rushed. So I was getting up at a time where I knew it was too late for me. And then I was doing probably one of the worst things you could do, which is go in your inbox. And even if you had a hundred sales notifications and only one person saying, Hey, I don't like you, or I don't like your program, or I want a refund all that you're going to think about is that yeah. one email and, and you take it personally, you get pissed. And then I spend the next three hours, like thinking of like a George Costanza comeback, you know, like, Oh, this is going to be hilarious. Oh, and, you know, it's like, you can't get that earworm out of your head. Um, and so, yeah, you, you know, I was doing the worst things. And so one day I said, enough is enough. I'm going to get up five minutes earlier tomorrow and I'm going to wait five minutes longer before I check my email. And I didn't, I didn't do this every single day. It wasn't like I went to 10 and 10 and 20 and 20. No, I just, I just did that for a week. I got up at 725 and I didn't check my email till 735. And then the week after I went to 720 and 740. And, and it worked for me. I stuck to it because one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make when they hear about the 5am club or they hear about getting up early or they hear about, you know, stopping this or doing that is they go all in and they go from waking up at eight in the morning to trying to get up at five. And listen, that works, you know, when you have a flight to Ibiza or something for a holiday, right? But, you know, it doesn't work five days in a row. And after three days of this three-hour time change, you're, you sleep in until 10 o'clock in the morning and you throw your hands up and you say, well, this doesn't work. And then you go back to your old habits. But if you do it a little bit at a time, it becomes very, very easy and you build up the tolerance. So eventually by doing that five minutes at a time, I was eventually getting up at 5.30 in the morning and not checking my email until 9.30. And then that was like, wow, uh, when I became super productive and when people started coming to me because they were like, how do you write so many articles and books and make all these videos? Like, what do you have, 28 hours in your day? And the answer is no, I just have more focus and attention on what matters. 100%. Two last questions regards to email, yeah. fascinated to know, would be, do you have emails on your phone and do you check, check your email at the weekend? Uh, great question. So absolutely no, I don't have email on my phone. I, I have about two or three apps on my phone. I really keep my phone as minimal as possible. And every time I add one, I'm just like, how can I delete one from it? So I don't have email on my phone. 
And um, one thing that I've really been pushing hard on in the last year um, is to do blackouts where I don't have any access to text, Instagram, or email for four days in a row. And, and it sounds scary. So I started with one day and I worked up to two days and I worked up to four days. And so this, this year I planned two weeks, which, you know, to some people it might be like, yeah, I take two week vacations all the time. Well, I don't, you know, and I haven't in the last 15 years, but that, that of forces me to build a better business where I'm able to do that and, you know, delegate, and, um, you know, give people autonomy in the business and, and train people up. So I'm pushing myself there. And then I do check the email on the weekend, as I mentioned before, that Sunday morning. Now, the good thing is that because of the way I've set myself up, um, I don't get a lot of email, which is, might be surprising to people. I, I, I don't put my email out there for a lot of people. And people that do email me have also been, you know, quote unquote, trained to not expect a, a reply right away. And they also know like, oh, this guy's super disciplined with his time. So, you know, they might not email me in the first place or they, they might not just, they just don't expect that instant reply. So my email's not that bad. And then I, as I mentioned before, my assistant does kind of clean it up for me on Saturday and Monday so that even when I go in there, there's not anything too urgent that gets me off track. That's some very, very solid advice there, Craig. Yeah. So really, I'm, ac I'm actually, uh, Charlie, I think maybe I'll send this to you when we've got it done. We're building an accountability app, okay. and uh, I want to get a couple of coaches to try it out with their clients. So maybe we'll get you as a beta tester for it. I'm saying that, that might help control the email flow as well. I'm saying like these small tweaks have been life changing. I've learned a lot of them from uh, some of the information you provide. And, for, like, for example, yeah. about emails, I, I turned off the, my email for my phone for the first time on my birthday about a month ago. And I haven't turned it back on since. And it's been the greatest thing I've ever done. Yeah. It really gets you like, okay, email is for when I'm sitting in front of a computer between these hours. And I think it's really important to look at it that way. It's a, when I went to college, and I don't know if it was the same for you, but when I went to college, you know, our professors would say, I have office hours between two and four on Tuesday and two and four on Thursday. If you want to get a hold of me, those are the only times you can get a hold of me. And I went the very first year I went to college was the very first year that um, my university had email. So, I mean, that's like 1994. So I've, I grew up in a non email world and I kind of sort of get it. And, you, but just understanding those office hours, it's just, this is the rules of engagement. And if you, if you make the rules of engagement known, and it's a little easier for an entrepreneur, obviously, but if you say, this is how you can engage with me when you join my program or when you come into my business, these are the blocks. And I'm sorry, it's just like uh, anything, it's, if it's important, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if it's really important, here's my assistance email. But you don't actually have emergencies in my business because I'm, I'm not a hospital. Uh, if you have a real emergency, you either have to go to a hospital or you actually just don't have an emergency. So, you know, we'll get back to you as quickly as we can, but I have to do all this other stuff. And the last thing I'll say on this, Charlie, is one of my clients, um, her name is Isabel Price, very successful nutritionist, and she's very faith-based. So she likes to read a lot of Christian um, leadership books, and she found this one woman named Beth something. I can't remember her last name. And so she reached out to this Beth woman thinking, oh, this Beth author will get back to me. And she received this autoresponder, which you can't argue against. It said, thank you so much for me emailing Beth. 
um, Beth can't get back to you because Beth is busy doing God's work. And, you know, it, there's no way Isabel could argue with that because Isabel's like, yeah, you know what? That's right. That's great. And that's just that, that Beth um, woman was just setting the rules of engagement. And so if there's one email tip that you probably don't hear a lot from people that can really help, especially the entrepreneur, is that you set the rules of engagement. And when you do that, and when you make them clear and you start every relationship with, I only answer email between this and this, um, and then you stick to it, because I'm sure you've emailed somebody who said, oh, they've got that autoresponder. They're like, I only check email between 11 and 2 on uh, the second Thursday and third Friday of the month. And you get that email, and then immediately a minute later, somebody replies to you and it's like, you're not sticking to the rules of engagement, so I can't take you seriously, so I'm just going to email you whenever I want. But if you stick to it and you set those rules, you can really control the email and be free to do the work that matters. It's just taking back create control yeah. of your life and Absolutely. the inflow of information to you. So um, we'll wrap that up there, Craig. I really, really appreciate that. I want to be really respectful of your time. So um, there's a huge amount of value and insight in that, which will help everyone in terms of structuring their day and their week going forward and controlling uh, anxiety in their life. Um, so for anyone to find out a little bit more information about you, Craig, and some of the, the products and information you provide, where's the best place to get in touch? You can hit me up on Instagram. I do check that uh, six days a week. So Instagram is real Craig Valentine. And then we're going to give everybody a copy of my Perfect Week Formula book, the digital and audio book. We're going to give a link for everybody to download that. There's no opt-in required. You can just go and get the audio book or the ebook, whatever you prefer, because I want to get this information in the hands of as many people as possible. 100%. So hugely thank you for that. The book is incredible. So it's something I would definitely suggest everyone downloads and listens to or either reads so uh, appreciate your time massively craig and i hope you have an absolutely amazing day and i know you have a hugely successful 2021 helping thousands of people around the world so thank you very much i really really appreciate you thanks charlie this was a lot of fun so that was an incredible episode of the shredder show with craig valentine craig is literally one of the best in the world when it comes to organization structuring your life and helping you become the best version of yourself. So obviously Shredder Show is mainly about fitness, but I want to help everyone level up in all areas of their life, be more organized, more successful, more happy, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. So as Craig said, there's a free copy of his book to download underneath the podcast here. There's also four ways in which I can help you, one of which is booking a free six-pack strategy call with myself and the CJO coaching team to discuss with how we can help you in 2021. We've got the free CJ Shredding Squad Facebook group in which I'm sharing daily tips and information to help you. So make sure you join that. And we've also got my free Absolute Abs training course. So if you check out the information below the podcast, we can help you become the best version of yourself in 2021. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, which I'm sure you did to help you become the most successful person you can this year, regardless of the global challenges, make sure you share this podcast, your stories, share it with a friend, tag myself and Craig. Hope you have a wonderful day and here's to a successful 2021.